Welcome to Christian Assembly, a family church. Since 1930, we've been serving the communities of Western Pennsylvania, Ohio, and West Virginia with the good news of Jesus Christ. With over 40 years of Bible teaching and ministry experience, Pastor Bill brings faith-filled revelation from God's Word. We believe with you, wherever you are, that God will inspire and change your life through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly, follow us on social media or visit our website at cafamily.net. Amen. A quote from Charles Spurgeon, supposedly the king of preachers. It's better to tremble at the word of the Lord and bow before the infinite majesty of divine love than to shout oneself hoarse. How about that? Anybody can shout, but when we tremble at the word of the Lord and bow before the infinite majesty of divine love, it's showing the honor and respect that he deserves from all of us. There's a verse, it's not in your notes, but it's in Isaiah chapter 66, verse 2. We refer to it often. Look at what it says. This is from the Amplified Translation. It's the AMPC translation, which we don't have the AMP, but that's how it's listed. For all these things my hand has made, and so all these things have come into being by and for me, says the Lord. But this is the man to whom I will look and have regard. Hmm. Who is that man or woman? He who is humble and of a broken or wounded spirit and who trembles at my word and reveres my commands. Pretty powerful, wouldn't you say? Trembles at my... We probably should read that before we have any message before we read our uh, Bibles and just keep that forever before our minds as a frontlet? Do we tremble at God's word? Do we revere his commands? There's a story in 1 Kings chapter 13. It's about a prophet from Judah who was instructed of the Lord to go to Bethel. And there he was to prophesy to the king Jeroboam, and say some things that God wanted him to know. He was also instructed that as he went, the way he went, he was not to come back the same way. And also, during, out the, during the whole duration of the trip, he was not to eat or drink anything. So go there, prophesy, and then come back. Well, he went, did exactly as he was told of the Lord, he prophesied the king was very upset, got mad at what he heard from the prophet, and he stretched forth his hand to get others to take him, take charge of him, and when that happened, his hand withered. And then, of course, he prayed, he said, please pray for divine intervention, which he did, and his hand was restored. Well, there were a couple of individuals that were there, sons of the older prophet who was there. And when they came back and told their father what had happened, he said, which way did this prophet go? 
this young prophet. And they pointed him in a direction. And he said, saddle up my mule. I'm going after him. So he went after him. And he talked to him and he said, um, hey, I want you to come with me to my house so we can eat and drink and talk about some things. And he said, well, I can't do that because the word of the Lord came unto me saying I'm not to eat or drink and I'm not to go back the same way I came. He said, well, you know what? I too am a prophet. And an angel of the Lord appeared to me and told me to tell you to come with me so you can eat and drink with me. So I said, oh, well, in that case then, so he went. And after he had eaten and drank something, the prophet said to him, I lied to you. I lied to you. Oh, I'm a prophet. And he was in and out with God. But anyhow, he said, now your corpse is not going to make it back to be with your father's. And he left, and on his way back, a lion killed him. And his corpse was lying there on the dusty road. The donkey was not touched by the lion. Other individuals, passers-by, were not touched by the lion. But the prophet, the young prophet, was killed by the lion. Basically, the prophet, the older prophet, he knew this. You should have obeyed what God told you to do. And even though an angel supposedly came to me and told me to do something other, you get your directions from him, not from anybody else. What a lesson to learn. What a way to learn that kind of a lesson. God wants us to honor his word above everything else. To hold it in highest esteem. He's exalted his word above his name. And so he wants us to take it to heart to revere his commands and truly hold his word in highest esteem. But with that as a backdrop, like I said, we should probably say something like this before any message that we preach. Because sometimes we just sit back and we take for granted that we've heard scriptures and we know scriptures. But the thing is, are we honoring the word of the Lord in our lives? In the book of Romans chapter 10, I want you to see these scriptures. This was just laid on my heart to share with us tonight. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, should we tremble at the voice of God's word when we hear that? With the heart man believes unto right standing with God, and with the mouth confession is made unto soteria. The Greek word there, soteria, it means more than just salvation. It means to save, to rescue from peril. It means to heal, to make whole, to preserve. And the list goes on and on. It talks about our well-being. And here, the word of the Lord is saying to us that with the heart, man believes to more than just being saved from sin. It also means we can be saved from Sickness, disease, peril, evil, and the list goes on and on. Destruction. In the setting, of course, of, of different verses, we'll see this. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 7. Because we see the same word here translated saving. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, 
Notice, move with fear, godly reverential fear of what God said, prepared an ark for the saving, soteria, of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. So it was an act of faith that he exalted the word of God above things not seen yet and above anything anyone would come by and say to him, like you're old, you're crazy, etc., etc., scoffing, laughing, mocking, and all that. He said, no, I'm going to obey God. So here it means rescue from danger. And did he not prepare an ark for the saving of his house to rescue them from danger? Absolutely. But notice our verse, our text said what? With the heart man believes unto, and with the mouth man confesses unto. So you could say it this way, that it's more than just believing something, it's believing and saying something. And to be honest with you, 44 years ago I brought this message here. At that time it was considered heresy. There's been a lot of changes since that time. But look at Mark 11 and verse 23, what it states. And if we tremble at the voice of God's word and really highly esteem what God said, I've had preachers I've heard preach on this and say, well, it doesn't really mean that technically. Well, then what does it mean? For verily I say to you, and this is Jesus preaching, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. Shall believe what? He shall believe something. That those things which he says will come to pass, he shall have whatever he believes. You are awake on a Wednesday evening. He shall have what? What he says. You will notice three times he used the word say or says or saith. One time he used the word believe. You think maybe he knew that we'd have more of a problem with what we say than what we believe? Because we could say we believe something, but mm, after that, how many times do we basically say something that shows us that we don't really believe something? Okay, so here we have Jesus telling us that if we want results, that it's important that we believe something correctly and we declare it from our lips, with our mouths. Now, there's a positive and a negative side to confession. Look at 1 John 1, 9. What it says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we confess, there's confession. If we confess our sins. And oftentimes when we hear the, hear the word confess or confession, whatever, we think of it in a negative sense. If we confess our sins, if we confess our faults, our failures, our shortcomings, our inadequacies, etc., etc., well, what happens when we do that, and if we only look at it from that perspective, you know what we build into ourselves? Guilt, condemnation, sin consciousness, inferiority, a sense of unworthiness. I remember being young and going to have to confess my sins to someone, and oh my, you felt ugly. But, there's a positive side to confession as well. Here it just means to identify myself with my shortcoming, with my fault, with my failure, with my sin. But we don't want to just belabor that. Because we know we all sin. We, all, we know that we do things that are wrong. But thank God for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sins when we identify ourselves with it. There's a positive side to confession. Look at Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1. This is from the New King James Version of the Bible. Let's tremble at the voice of his word. Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, 
consider the apostle and high priest of our what? Confession. Christ Jesus. Think about that statement. He is the apostle and high priest of our confession. Or the word confession in literal Greek actually means of our saying the same thing. Saying the same thing. He is the apostle and high priest of our saying the same thing. Well, what same thing are we supposed to be saying? I know how I feel when I get up in the morning. I say the same thing that my body says. When we're attacked with some kind of sickness or disease, I say exactly how my body feels. No. He is saying we say the same thing that God says, even though it may be illogical, even though it may be unreasonable, and even though it seemingly makes no sense whatsoever, but we say the same thing that God said because we've what? We've trained ourselves and our senses to exercise our senses to discern what is right and wrong based on the integrity of the Word of God, not on our five physical senses. So here we see this. A positive confession of our faith is a declaring of something that you and I believe to be true. Whatever it may be, I believe something to be true. I believe God exists even though I don't see Him. My five physical senses may not in any way prove that God exists. But you know what? I believe that He does. And so I make my declaration that He does. I declare that. And I let everybody know that. Someone says, you can't prove it. I say, I don't have to. You know why? Because secondly, it's an expression of my heart, even though my senses may not even line up with it. I know He's alive. I know He saved me by His grace. I'm expressing it because why? I believe something. So therefore, I express something. You know what God wants us to do at this time? Start declaring the word of God over our government. Start declaring and confessing the word of God over our nation. Over the morality issue. And the list goes on and on. Proclaim it. Express it. Declare it. Because that's how God works. You might say, well, I say that once in a while, but then obviously there's a whole lot more negativity that's being said over it than what's positive from God's word. Kind of nullifies what we can get God to do or how we can make a conduit for him to move in our land. And finally, it also means that we testify to a truth that you and I have embraced. You couldn't possibly get it out of me in any way, shape, form or fashion, I know that Jesus Christ conquered death, hell, and the grave, and you could tell me what you want to tell me, I will testify to that truth to the day I go to be with him in glory. It is a fact to me. Why I don't need my senses to be satisfied to believe something. All I need to believe is in the integrity of God's word and know that God can't lie. And so thank God he gave us his word so that you and I could take it to heart and tremble at the voice of his word and let him know I believe you above all sense, knowledge, evidences, all logic, all reasoning. I believe your word. Now, what is it that we're to confess in a positive way? I've listed a few things here. Number one, the finished work of Christ. You talk about honoring what Jesus has done 
You weren't there when he died on that cross. I wasn't there when he was raised from the dead. I didn't see what he bore in his body on the tree. He bore my sin, sickness, carried my pain, became the curse on that tree. But you know what? I believe it from my heart. I say it with my mouth that Jesus Christ died for my sins and was raised from the dead for my justification. And I believe that he is the Lord over all. Praise God. So I'm going to confess it. I'm going to declare it. That is the finished work of Christ. And I think about all the things that he's accomplished and achieved. And guess what? We have the opportunity, the right, and the privilege to declare it before men and confess it. Secondly, what about this? What Jesus is doing right now for me. And I'll tell you what, the church at large, I think, doesn't even see this. But you know what? He is at the right hand of the Father for me as my high priest, as my advocate, as my intercessor, as my surety, and as my mediator. He is standing there before the throne of God. And you know what? He stands behind every promise of the new covenant. He's praying for me. He's on my side. He's representing me to the Father. I'm going to declare that. I'm going to confess that. I've embraced that truth. I need to share it and let people know that. And don't let people talk us out of it. How can you believe in someone you can't see? Very easy. I know he's alive. I've gotten the witness of my spirit. Praise God. He washed me in his blood. And then, what about this? Who we are and what we mean to the Father right now. Have we ever taken that into consideration? You and I are the Father's dream come true. Have you ever seen yourself as the dream of God coming true? That really excited you, didn't it? You are God's dream come true. He was longing for children. And guess what? Of his own will begat he you with the word of truth. You are the father's dream come true. He dreamed for a family, wanted to have a family. Adam blew the whole thing, but the second Adam came and made it possible for him to give birth to every single one of us and start a new bloodline in him. I'm his masterpiece. So are you. Oh, glory be to God. Declare it. So what do we mean to the father? We mean everything to the father. Everything. And we're part of his eternal kingdom. And what about this? What is he doing in us right now by his spirit and through his word? What's he doing? Hitchhiking a, a, a ride through life in you? Or is he mightily at work in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure? Say it, declare it, confess it. My God's at work in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. His spirit is right now quickening my mortal body. He has gifted me with talent and ability that comes from above. He's empowering me to be his witness here upon this earth. He's enabling me to carry out whatever the mission is that he's called me to do in life. Hallelujah, he's busy inside me. Glory be to God and you and all of us. And then also finally, what can, he can do through us as we speak his word before men. Hallelujah. Why do you think Jesus said, say to that mountain, be removed, get out of the way. There's power, there's authority in the name of Jesus. And he's given us this privilege to proclaim by the name above every name. That mountains have got to be removed. Trees of bitterness have to be uprooted. And anything that's foreign to life has got to be gone from our lives. Hallelujah. Every negative thing. So, 
What's important to know, we can't testify to something that we don't know. We can't express something that we don't embrace or testify to it. We believe it. We embrace it. So we've got to find out in the, from the Word of God what all this is. What did He do for me? What was His accomplishments, His achievements? What did He do on Calvary's cross when He defeated the devil and His bunch? Praise God, He did it all. He did it all. He's victorious over it all. It's not about what you and I think, but you know what? It's about what He did. So it's time to rise up to a higher place of authority and start using all the tools, all the equipping that he has given us to take our place as mature sons and daughters of the Most High God, stop playing games, and just start proclaiming, expressing, embracing, and testifying to the truth and the reality of our redemptive rights in Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, you know one privilege we have? is to go to the throne of God and worship Him in spirit and worship Him in truth. And so praise God with this inspiration. Let's do that tonight. Let's move right past all the other equipment to the throne of God by the blood of the Lamb and lift our hearts and voices in praise and adoration to Him who sits upon the throne and give Him all the glory that He deserves tonight. Praise God. Amen.